evening, guys and ghouls. It's the Pink Isle. Hello, you beautiful ghouls and goblins. And well, those who lieth betwixt. Welcome to a very frightful episode of the Pink Isle. Yes, you. Sh I think you will have a very enjoyable time if you survive. <laughs> ha, 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 ha. What's tasty morsel do we have for our victims today? Well, we have a very special couple of films based on a very special 2010 doll line that many people might have heard of. Alright, I'm dropping the Dracula accent. Y'all, we're doing Monster High? Yes! Yes! The Monster Girls have finally come! Oh, it's a boy. new decade... <laughs> and we're getting spooky here in the pink aisle. We we got yeah, the, we those are. like cobweb spider webs up, like the mm -hmm, the little mm -hmm. uh, s the little animal skeletons that have like the non anatomically correct skulls. Oh yeah, you bet there's an octopus skeleton here. Oh, I, I think the spider skeletons are my favorite, considering <laughs> a regular spider is always already like a skeleton. But with the flesh that on the inside, is. you know. Yeah. But anyway. So, Monster High. Monster We've High. We've been using this as a little bit of a punching bag throughout the course of our time here in the Pink Isle. Would you agree? Uh, a little bit. Because yeah. it really did, like, because after the, like, the aughts fashion dolls, you know, you had your brats and, like, Barbie at the time, it was very, like... Uh, you know, kind of wanting to be sort of like hip fashion, kind of like girls living in sort of urban environments. And then we get into the 2010s and now we're seeing the return of more fantastical stuff, which is nice. So, yeah, it's nice. And honestly, we can only speculate, at least on my end, why this shift happened. But I, I like to think that this is just reflective of how by the 2010s, like, dolls have always required at least some type of a gimmick in order to stand out. That's why you have all these Barbies that have, like, a special action or stuff like that. But post-2010, I think a lot of, like, young girls wanted to, like, sort of set themselves apart from, like, the standard, like, Barbie fair. Yeah. Or at least a uh, acceptable version of like setting yourself apart yeah i mean like going into it like hot topic was coming in fashion my immortal mm -hmm. was still on everyone's minds you know <laughs> it was time to let oh. to let goth girls have their due in the fashion doll industry which apparently oh, yeah. in doing and a little bit of uh research leading up to this that was sort of like the Ooh. inspiration for starting up this line was like essentially Mattel noticing that like a lot of young girls were really interested in like goth fashion, but also stuff like uh, Tim Burton films. And apparently there's mm -hmm. even like some like Lady Gaga inspiration in the way these dolls were designed. So, Oh yeah. Yeah. Like I think by the 2010s, like, uh, Lady Gaga, if you look at some of her early work, at least, like, you can definitely see some of that. Uh, there's just, like, that focus on camp that I think 
that, you know, I think some of the girls like to tap into now and then. Yeah, but- and you can even, like, see the sort of Tim Burton-y style with the way, like, the girls are designed. Like, everyone has, like, the big round head and then, like, the really mm-hmm. thin kind of limbs and neck region thing going on. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I... <laughs> It's very interesting because, listener, if you recall, we for the longest time thought that the Monster High dolls were not produced by Mattel, but by another company, uh, MGA, because they have such a similar design to the Bratz dolls. And I don't know. I feel like there's got to be a statement about, like, uh, monopolies that can be found somewhere here because like by 2010 brats were like pretty much on the out and out like they kind of peaked at 2006 through 8 and then afterwards you don't really see them as much well nowadays you see them with the lol omg line of dolls that's the follow-up but like otherwise not so much yeah but i mean like it's just really nice to see because barbie never really you know we never got like a halloween barbie film so this uh, kind of sadly no yes we don't really get goth barbie from what i know so you know this kind of fills that niche uh yeah what is your your Although, history with monster high do you like remember when it first came out i i think i only really remembered it like after the fact you know seeing it pop up in toy aisles and stuff like that but emma i just realized you know there was like one other like big cultural thing that could have inspired this what i mean you got the vampires so 2010 was a very ripe time for vampires and goth stuff with like the onset of Twilight, the Vampire Diaries. Uh, oh yeah, this True was kind of like when like paranormal paranormal romance was more the thing before it got yeah. like a cannibalized by the young adult dystopian romance. So yeah, you know you you had yeah. such classic films yeah. like a uh, Beastly and uh, Beautiful <laughs> Creatures. <laughs> If anyone remembers that one. Oh, man. Remember, uh, oh, what was the zombie movie? Warm Bodies. Warm Bodies, yeah. I hear actually good things about that one as well. Yeah, that one's like less young adult and more kind of like new adult. No. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I, I don't know. There's just, there's just a lot about that. Did you conjure up any other research with, uh, Monster High well, because usually I'm the one that does the research on this stuff. Uh, very kind of base level stuff, but I did go through like, well, apparently the biggest revelation I found out that apparently there are way more Monster High movies than I thought there were. There are a good 13 uh, oh, films yeah. in the oh, yeah. original this series. So this, oh, yeah. this is definitely something we might want to like revisit in the future because like one thing I noticed like looking up a lot of the characters that like, so you get the original line of girls and they're very like kind of classic universal monster movie. You got your Frankenstein girl, you got your Dracula mm-hmm. girl, you got your werewolf yep. girl. But then like as the series goes on, they do like introduce like some more kind of like 
you know, characters like based off like, you know, your classic gothic literature or they got like characters based off like more kind of obscure folklore. And also, yeah, apparently a lot of cat girls at one point. They got a lot of cat girls in this series. Oh, boy. But, you know, oh, boy. I never. I'm uh, just looking up the uh, the cast list right now. They did a centaur at one point. Oh yeah, that, that isn't they exactly. They got Phantom of the sp- Opera doll. They oh. got. <laughs> There's oh apparently a Mothman girl at one point, which is very exciting. So. Oh my god! Really? Oh. Yeah. They got they got like creatures of the Black Lagoon. You got your slime monsters. Oh my god. Oh yeah, they like, a bunch of fire elementals. Yeah, which I think is really cool like cuz they don't like just stick to like the well-known. Like they do do more kind of like uh obscure stuff, which I think is kind of cool cuz it kind of like, you know, might educate some young girls about like certain elements of folklore, literature that like they might not have heard about, which I think is really cool. Oh yeah. It's the yeah, it's I the could perfect definitely. It's the perfect doll line for all your, all those, you know, they're, they're finally coming through for all those, like, weird little girls that, like, made, like, the dirt, uh, the dirt potions in the backyard or, you know, <laughs> once uh, oh, or boy. maybe Th- one time at a slumber party in middle school, they, like, made a plan to go into the woods to try and find Slenderman but then again, realized oh very quickly God. that the adults weren't going to let them go into the dark woods at night. So it didn't really work oh, out. Oh, man. Oh. oh, I have to know now. They probably didn't get S- Slendy in this mix, did they? Oh. Uh, that would be amazing, though. Yeah, no, no Someone... creepy pasta tie-ins yet, but uh. Oh, wait till Jack the Killer shows up, cause you know girls be thirsting for that guy. Yeah, like so maybe a part of that, cause I feel like a lot of like young kind of preteen girls were also into like kind of creepy pasta oh, stuff. Oh, around this time too. Oh, Emma, I will say just looking up Monster High and Slenderman, their Wattpad's got you covered. Oh. So, oh, Wattpad, you always deliver. Oh, Wattpad, you always do deliver. But I mean, um, with my history with this doll line, uh, I never owned any of the dolls. Like by the time this came out, I was like, you know, 10. I wasn't really owning fashion dolls. I was never really a big fashion yeah. doll kid in general. So, but um, I do remember the, co- the commercials. They would always show... Because they had these really cool commercials for them on TV. Like, I remember all the OG girls. You had Frankie Stein, the Frankenstein girl. And and this was, like, I could definitely see a lot of, like, stuff that essentially inspired a Disney descendants down the line. Because this is where, like, the children of oh, the... Oh, yes. The children of the monsters, all their names are, like, puns on their parents' names. You got Draculaura, the Dracula girl. You got Claudine Wolf. You got Laguna Blue, who's the the fish girl. Yeah. And yep. you got like Cleo Denial, who is like the mummy girl, but she's also like Ugh. the she's also like the mean popular girl. So Oh, I don't like that. So if anyway, this 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 series did kind of rip off Clone High. 
if you think about it. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I always dislike a lot of portrayals of Cleopatra and media just as a general thing. But that's just the history nerd part of myself. Does <laughs> the JFK ghost show up? <laughs> <laughs> the ghost of JFK. How you girls want to uh, explore my Black Lagoon. I don't, I've never okay. seen Clone High. I I was a fan oh. of Clone High before it was cool, so y'all need to get on my level. Myra, day be so fine. And then, <laughs> boom, Twitter. Yeah, then, and TikTok. Clone High is getting a lot of traction on TikTok nowadays. Uh-huh. <sighs> yeah. In hindsight, so anyway, you could say that this whole series was just a ripoff of a... Uh, Scooby-Doo and the Boo School. Uh, yes. We can never forget Scooby-Doo and the Boo School. Even though nowadays a lot of people draw a lot of, like, erotic fan art of those girls, which makes me very uncomfortable. Yeah, aren't they, like, little girls? <laughs> yeah! They're, like, in high school and middle school, and it's like, y'all, stop making the ghost girl sexy. Why Why the ghost girl of all of them, too? Ugh. It only became more intense when they did that one crossover with OKKO, OK and I'm just like, ugh. Oh, yeah. God. Yeah. I mean, I never watched that movie, because as a child, I thought those uh, red shirt skag shaggy movies were cursed, so I never watched them. Oh, uh, yeah, on principle, I absolutely hated the Scooby-Doo movies that didn't involve the full gang. So when it was just, like, Shaggy and Scooby driving around in, like, a red van. Yeah, don't with, they, like, like, also have Scrappy, Scrappy with and them? Yeah. Yeah, Scrappy-Doo's with them. No. And they also had, like, Googie, his girlfriend. <laughs> oh, Googie. Ugh. Googie, God. Hanna-Barbera got real wild in the 70s, y'all. <laughs> <sighs> Anywho, uh, so, listener, just to give you guys a little heads up about what we're going to be doing today, um, we are going to be actually doing, for the first time, a little bit of a double feature, uh, because- Don't these you are mean a double creature? Whoa! Whoa. Yes, yes, uh, for this double creature feature, we're going to be looking at two films, the first one being Monster High, New Ghoul at School, and uh, Monster High Fright On, being the first two uh, Monster High movies that were released uh, in quick succession, well, a year apart from each other, uh, the first being October 30th, 2010, and the second one, 2011, also in October. Yeah, I forgot to uh, mention, 30. I do remember watching some of like the online webisodes they made for this doll line. Oh, they also had an online presence yeah, like all, these, like all these places had these online webisodes, but I remember like watching them because this is also the time where My Little Pony Friendship is Magic came out. Yeah. And so like yep. those would kind of get recommended along with like the episodes of My Little Pony Friendship is Magic on YouTube. So yep. they kind of had that crossover appeal. That's true. And then Although My the Little bronies Pony, were not into this. Yeah, My Little Pony ripped them off of the Equestria Girls films yes i don't oh know my god maybe we should cover those films at some point because they're kind of <laughs> oh god there are so many things on the docket i know i said we'll we'll be doing this podcast till we're middle-aged 
this, this uh, li- Emma, this aisle, like, th- I don't know if you've ever looked throughout the aisle we find ourselves in every week. It's it's nearly infinite. Like, I once walked about a half mile downwards, and I was getting into the Polly Pocket territory and the strawberry shortcake stuff. Like, oh, there's... God, I forgot they did make strawberry shortcake, like, things, didn't they? Like... They did. Anywho... Uh, but to give a quick little overview of like some of the uh, these couple of movies. So uh, this first movie, uh, Monster High, New Ghoul at School, had two co-directors, which is strange because they're only like, it's only 23 minutes, but it's basically uh, directed by Adu Padan, who seems to be like the main person behind a lot of these Monster High stuff. He was... Uh, yeah, they were the executive producer for, like, pretty much every single one of these movies. As well as, like, having experience with, like, the Max Steel thing, of course. Hot God Wheels, damn it, of Max course. Steel. He always, he never leaves. Yeah, he always pops up. And then, interestingly enough, was one of the crew members for Animaniacs, so... Yeah, but the other, oh my gosh, the other main uh, director being Eric uh, Renomsky, who was a producer for so much animated stuff, like including Batman the Animated Series and Batman Mask of the Phantasm, the best Batman movie, as well as the Todd McFarlane Spar animated series, like the Avengers Assemble series. Like they've, and now like he's working on the Marvel Rising series. Like he's he's done a lot. Oh wow! And Emma, it gets even more buck wild with the actual like writing crew because Adupardin is credited as a writer. But for this very first movie, there are four credited writers. Oh God! For a twenty-three-minute like, long movie. <laughs> yeah, it's that's. I want to know what's going on behind the scenes on this one. Yeah, uh, you got Lauren Rose, who seems to be only a producer and production manager for, like, pretty much a bunch of Mattel's media, including, like, Dolphin Magic, Video Game Hero, Dreamtopia, a lot of the other Barbie stuff. And then, as is uh, Iris Singman, uh, sorry, Singerman, who also did, is basically just, like, a main producer for a bunch of these Monster High movies. But interestingly enough... Like, the main credited writer is a lady named Andy Bernstein. Has just so many writing credits. Everything from, like, being the head show writer for something called Downtown. Have you ever heard of this? Downtown? It was a 1999, like, animated TV show. It only ran for one season. But afterwards oh oh i've heard of this i remember yeah. uh, rebel taxi talked about it in one of his videos yeah yeah it, it it's kind of an often forgot gem but uh she was also has a lot of writing credits on daria as it seems like her last credit happened in 2017 so if you're out there hope you're doing okay Anne. uh but finally why don't we just go through like at least some of the main the main four voice actresses because yeah. they end up because I know for at least the co- early movies they're like consistent with the voice cast they have for like oh yeah oh yeah so like just to go through like the main people uh Frankie Stein like the one that you specifically pointed out earlier 
uh, is, and listener, I should tell you, all of these uh, voice actors are like veterans of the industry. You got uh, Frank, Kate Higgins as Frankie Stein, uh, famous for, uh, she recently voiced Princess Aurora in Ralph Breaks the Internet, as well as like being in Hotel Artemis and just so many voice acting roles throughout all of these uh, different animes. Uh, like you got Digimon, Sar Sailor Moon, Boruto, Boruto's dad, uh, as well as uh, I'm never going to get over Pauline. the existence of Boruto. <laughs> oh, Boruto. And then uh, just wait as... until I name my uh, firstborn uh, Gemma. <laughs> oh geez yeah or benry yeah yeah then we got uh sally's Safilodi. yeah uh apologies for mispronouncing yeah Safiodi, uh voicing uh claudine wolf and cleo denial uh she uh primarily is uh known for being Ingrid Hunningham in the Resident Evil games. I don't know who that is. Uh, but again, just a lot of voice acting work, uh, primarily in video games. But fun fact, she had a very brief role in the, 20, uh, the 2009 classic Watchmen by Zack Snyder. Oh, God. As just like a random photographer that gets shot when Ozymandias is like, has an assassination attempt put on him. Can't wait till they uh, yeah. bring her back for his adaptation of Fountainhead. <sighs> yeah, but then, interestingly enough, we got some, like, again, some pretty big voice acting names if you're, like, in the know. Like, Troy Baker is here, back on the back of, like, voicing literally every video game protagonist. Uh, I know. You uh, got Yuri... We got uh, oh. uh, Debbie Dairyberry is Draculaura, who yeah. you probably know as uh, Jimmy Neutron. So Jimmy Neutron, Coco Bandicoot, like uh, voicing the aliens in Toy Story. Yeah. And then. Yeah, that was her. And then, of course, we have the queen, Laura Bailey, voicing uh, yes. Laguna Blue, the fish girl. Oh, uh, yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. And she's been I'm in not, some, I, she's a pretty obscure voice actress, been in some, some you know, yeah. oh yeah, you know, you know, there's this obscure show called Critical Role that streams. Yeah, every, I think she plays, every a, Thursday. A, I think she plays a blue character in that one too. Oh, Emma, don't, yeah, we can't spend too much time because. Yeah, she played, she played that one I, character in Last of Us 2 that made the gamers really mad. Yep, <laughs> yep. That's that's also that. I, I, I don't want to go into too much detail because I could talk a bunch about uh, how much I would die for Jester. Yeah. So, yeah. And I think Laguna I, Blue was always like my favorite design wise. Like, I just really like her Interesting. I'll have to see. And then finally, like the other main uh, stay here is Mr. Sorry. Uh, Deuce Gorgon, uh, basically voicing all the dude characters, is Yuri Lowenthal. Uh, like, 
known for being Ben Tennyson, being uh, known for uh, voicing Peter Parker in the new Spider-Man video game, who they mysteriously changed what he looked like recently to make him look like Tom Holland. It's don't like that. Uh, and then I, I almost forgot one person. Uh, the other big mainstay is Aaron Fitzgerald, who uh, voiced uh, May uh, Kinker in Ed, Ed and Eddie. Oh, oh yeah. She voices uh, Abby Abominable. Bon- I'm not sure if she's in this movie because she was a later addition, but, you know. She she Nope, she is Abby Abominable and Spectra Voldergeist uh, yeah. in this as well. Yeah, I but think there's also, also like a zombie girl in the main cast as well. Yeah, it's it's an interesting like these are like in terms of like the voice acting world, like these are like A-listers. I know. One thing that always bothered me about Abby Bominable's design though is like she's supposed to be like a Yeti girl, but she like is not looking like a Yeti at all. She's just a blue-skinned woman who wears like furry leg warmers. That's her design. That is kind of one thing you can sort of criticize Monster High on, is that, like, you know, they never really get too crazy with how they design the characters. They all got to keep, like, the same basic, like, humanoid kind of shape, but with, like, add-ons, which... Yeah. So not really, like, a lot of diversity of body types in this series, which is kind of a shame. Not really, really no. I think it would be cool to see, like, a series like this where they really, like, went all out with, like, making all, like, the girls seem, like, kind of interesting and weird. But, like, it's also, like, a fashion doll brand, so, like, you gotta keep it, you know... So they can fit all the accessories. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Come on, Mattel, you could be a little bit more brave with that stuff. Yeah. I feel like, I don't know, I think it's just going to be interesting, but uh, I think now it's time for us to open up this coffin and journey into Monster High. Frankie Stein. I feel so alive here. All that again. Laguna Blue swim team. Our swim team's fest. The piranhas help. Claudine Wolf. Our moonlight dancers are fierce. Ow! Vegan vampire Draculaura. Our cafeteria's got lots of dishes without blood. Hot couple Cleo and Deuce. Fear leader captain. That's my boyfriend. Don't go there. Guys, ghouls, non-binary jewels. Welcome to the Monster Mansion uh, 
part yep. one as we examine some very, very ghoulish Monster High films. Laughs were had. Uh, uh, it was it was a good time, mostly, I would say. Would you say so, Henry? You know, I didn't hate him. I thought they were... Yeah, I do think they were pretty enjoyable, but th this, these movies... These movies go to some wild places. I like, I think the biggest strength of these films is just, like, getting to see, like, the different monster characters and, like, the kind of personalities and quirks they give to each of them. Like, they all really stand out and they're all really, like, fun to, like, see, you know, have interactions yeah, yeah. with and, you know, and it's just... It is very... These movies are so, so very... Uh, 2010 in the style of writing and just like oh the my god tone yeah like the fashion choices yep. and you know it is definitely like a definitely feels of that era but i can see why so many people like really liked this series you know when it was big oh yeah yeah there's a lot about this that can definitely appeal to people in thinking about this, I, I don't know, I think I was just kind of surprised at, like, some of the places that they went with to this, because there's some clear production values to this, and it's also pretty clear that, yeah, Monster High seems to have a much, much bigger following compared to, say, Barbie, because... Something at, to your point, you mentioned how, like, you got all these different wacky character designs, and even if they do relatively have the same body type, you got a lot of freedom and being able to, like, easily put yourself in and make up your own Yeah, monster. I think they even, like, released, like, a doll line that was, like, you could buy, like, different mix and match parts and then, like, combine them together, like, click the pieces together to kind of create your own monster design. I gotta say, this thing is rife for fan fiction. Like, you could pretty easily just, like, have just all these little stories that could take place in this larger school, and it will lend itself pretty well to that. So, might as well get started with the first of these specials, and that is New Girl at Sign school yes i do i definitely think i have seen this one before like you either saw it online or it like aired on nickelodeon or something like that because i i remember because this is like this is like the pilot essentially for the rest of the series it definitely gives off that pilot vibes and i gotta say in watching this it gives off a lot of that early 2000s uh like Sorry, not early 2000s, like that 2010s, like, flash look to it. Yeah, you can definitely tell this was big when uh, uh, My Little Pony Friendship is Magic was big, because it's really on with, like, all the different characters with the really kind of distinct sort of personalities and the, the kind of more, like, yeah. sort of uh, yeah. kind of that kind of style of humor where it's not really, like, adult or anything, but it's a lot more kind of topical with the way uh sort of 2010s uh humor was definitely you know? yeah it's it, oh my god yeah we might as well just get into it so new girl at sign school is just all about the uh 
about our main girl, Frankie Stein, having her first week. This is definitely the weaker of the two ones that we've watched so far. Uh, it's it's also way, way shorter. It's only like about 23 minutes long. So it's like a TV yes. episode length. So they really try to fit yes. in a lot because it's like trying to like introduce all the characters, essentially. I just love all like the little details they put into this like stuff that really feels like, I don't know, just like all like the different kind of weird looking background characters or, uh, you know, I think it is interesting to talk about like the world building in this series because I was under the impression that they lived in like just a monster world. But no, it turns out that like humans are real, but they're just like kind of separate. So. Yeah. Yeah. Oh God. They they even say like, uh uh-uh, uh, the monsters have been separated from the normies and it's Oh yeah, they call humans uh normies. Uh, uh, and listener, oh, if there if if there was a word that does not just shend quivers up my spine, it's people unironically using normies because either it means they're a scene kid and they are going to look back on that time with a little bit of like embarrassment or you hear it a lot around the 4chan type group and talking about how like uh the normie sjw type people and i'm just like and that also gets into some like or you'll you'll hear it in the hit uh the hit film slash book, uh, Ready Player One. Everyone, yeah. every gamer's favorite movie. Yeah. So what I'm assuming about this world is that, so there are like zombies and ghosts that go to the school. So I assume it's like, if you die or like you become a zombie, like you could be like a human and then like become like a zombie and then go to the monster school. Is what I'm thinking. Yeah. But yeah, I think that like, does seem... Yeah, but I think, like, a lot of the others, like, the... At least the main characters, I think most of them were just, like, born monstery. However, however that works. Because, like, Frankie Stein, she's got, like, the mismatched eyes, and there's a whole thing where her, like, limbs will come off, so it's, like... She's, like, reanimated, mm. but was she a human before? Does she have memories of that, or was she just born? I don't know. From... She mentions her dad. Yeah, like her dad's and... like Frankenstein, but like, did Frankenstein reproduce and create like a, a a girl in body parts? How does this work? Explain, Mattel. Who knows? Who the heck knows? Oh boy, it's. But yeah, she's new. What What are your impressions of Frankie? Uh, she's just kind of like the normal one. Like she's she's like main protagonist kind of like yeah she's nice and all and like she's sociable and she wants to like fit in but she doesn't know how to but she's got a like so the whole first uh, movie is all like it's got that whole like you don't need to like act a certain way to impress people you just gotta be yourself. You know, one of those type situations because Frankie is all sad because she's having troubles making friends at Monster High. Yeah, yeah, it's it's very interesting. And honestly, most of this is just like introducing like the different characters. (sighs) Although I will say this movie 
had like a little format where like Frankie was like narrating it all throughout it, and I honestly didn't care for that very much. But uh, how they do you like uh, how every one. when every new character I is think introduced, it, they got like their uh, their concept art flash by? <laughs> uh, yeah, nothing, nothing blatantly uh, commercialized yeah, there. Also. Uh, these uh, movies heavily utilize the Monster High theme song even in times where it doesn't really make sense you know you either got the Monster High theme song or oh yeah yeah the one generic sad song they use for the two sad montages they have in this 20 we'll get to the other music in a little bit because oh my god it's very interesting for this first one it's very clear that this thing was being done with the intention of being released online because uh, I do think this was part of a webisode type thing. But there were always the, all these different shots where it was just stationary pose, uh, Frankie, like doing like a crossfade of her like moving around in places as the narration happens. And boy, howdy, is that a animation thing that like always annoys me. Um, but in addition to that, she's when she's going about her day, we end up just like seeing all this very stereotypical teen behavior that ends up kind of like going away by the second movie. I don't know if you noticed that. Yeah, it is very much. She reads a uh, Monster Beat magazine. So, and also she's obsessed with a uh, Justin uh, Biter. Yeah, but uh, Draculaura mentioned she used to be into the Jaundice Brothers. Uh, uh, How do you feel about the, the, the utter plethora of spooky puns in these movies? I gotta say, I, I don't like to make myself out to be some type of punish prude. Most people, the standard joke is that, like, oh yeah, you you like puns until it's someone else doing them to you. But, I don't know, I feel like if you you gotta have more, like, of a build-up to the pun. And it's... I think it's something that they just kept using over and over again to the point where it was just like, oh... You know, I personally found them delightful. I'm glad you found them delightful. Really added a lot to uh, this world, uh, you know. Just, just I like, I like it when these series go all out with the theming, you know? Oh yeah. Like if you're gonna do a monster, a monster high school, you know, you gotta go all out. Like, you gotta yeah. have. You can't just have the cafeteria. It has to be the spooky teria or whatever. You know. Or it can't be the auditorium. It's the clauditorium. Uh huh. Exactly. I don't um. know. Like. You can tell, like, the series doesn't, like, take itself super seriously. Like, it knows how to have fun with it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I appreciate that, at least about it. Unlike the Bratz, where they were just, like, 100% dead serious the whole time. Or the Mycene movies. By golly, those did not know how to have fun with their premises. Uh, but, yeah, this this one was... Uh, yeah, it, it, so, honestly, there's not a whole. Yeah, so, since the, yeah, since this one was pretty much just kind of, like, a introducing the characters type one, maybe we should just, like, go by and talk about, like, the main, the main yeah, characters. Yeah, so, yeah, because. Uh, 
we did touch briefly on Frankie Stein. Yeah, I mean, Frankie Stein. Which, you know, it's like, she's just kind of like the, the, she's the base one. Yeah. You know? I really, I like her design. I do, I love all the designs, honestly, for the characters. I think that's one of the biggest strengths of it. Like, they're just very appealing, I think, the way they, like, kind of translate and make them feel, like, so distinct Mm. from one another. Yeah. Also, I like the, I like the details. So, Frankie Stein, her whole thing, aside from, like, just her base personality, is that she's got, like, the bolts in her neck. Yeah. So, she's always, like electrocuting people on accident yeah yeah that that's always a nice fun gag yeah, and i will and say also, uh when she wakes up in the morning she's like sitting on the operating table and she got to get and she has to get like lightning awake every morning oh yeah and i will say this like credit to this movie they do actually have fun with like each of like the individual like traits of the monsters like you got Although I will say, uh, Draculaura, I don't know why her whole thing is that she hates blood. I think I read that she's supposed to be like a vegan vampire. So she just... Oh my god. Uh, Draculaura, I think of the main cast, Draculaura might be my favorite. She's just like... She, I, I do actually really so, enjoy like, her presence. I don't know, just her whole thing. Like she's like, she's like really shorter than everyone else. And she's got like this kind of like... Yeah. That like a... Uh, dracula accent i'm sure there's a real country it's attached to but she's like it, it's yeah eastern, yeah, european. eastern european although she really you can't help but just think of like jimmy neutron doing like a like a dracula like oh a my eastern god european no accent. it's yeah yeah she's a bit more kind of like the, the yep, peppy they... one and also when she looks in a mirror, she she's invisible in the mirror, so she needs help putting on her makeup. Yeah, th- it's cute. Yeah, yeah, it's just, cute. It's yeah, just cute. a really adorable I character. Will... I thought, like, pretty charming to me. Yeah, and then we got Claudine, who made waves earlier this year because the c- creators yeah. confirmed that she's gay. I mean... So. Which makes sense because werewolves already oh, yeah. have a lot like, of gay Claudine is, stuff. She's kind of more the sort like of level-headed a... kind of friend, you know. She's uh, yeah. Her older brother and her younger sister end up becoming like important characters in the second movie. But I know she gives me like the mom friend type vibes yeah. with Claudine. Yeah. Also, she, she really has, like, does a, a Jersey accent almost i yeah i don't know what they were kind of going for with that one i think that yeah it, it's uh it's a choice uh but she was also enjoyable and then laguna blue <laughs> we got laguna blue uh yeah she her whole thing like she's australian she just hangs out in the pool and like her day. whole fish like, thing and it's laguna blue uh, from the main one she's kind of like the most underutilized she is yeah like a lot of people draw a lot of fan art of her though she she just i just i really love her design though like yeah i just think it's so appealing you just into fish is that your thing <laughs> what no no First off, she's a teenager character. Gross. No, also, no. Uh, oh, uh, oh, yes, of course. I do not want to, like, I'm not going to, I'm not just, trying to rank their hotness or anything. No, yeah, absolutely I just, not. <laughs> yeah, I just, I don't know. I just like, I like, like, light blue type color schemes or, like, 
bluish green type color schemes. Yeah. So I don't know. I like her. That's doing. fair. She pretty much. She's kind of like they don't. They just don't really use her a lot, unfortunately. Despite like being like a part of the main friend group, she doesn't really like get a lot of screen time, which I always kind of wondered why. Like, maybe Laura Bailey was just harder to get. I mean, I can't imagine that because Laura Bailey also voices the headmistress who will get to her in the second. Yeah, who has like a lot more screen time. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I think I think Laguna's Laguna's thing is that like she's kind of meant to be this like uh, like she's supposed to be kind of. I don't know. She struck me more as the level-headed one where she's like always offering like advice. Like she particularly seems like that whole sort of mentor character in the first movie most most Yeah, cuz she's but, the like, one like there's a scene where Frankie Stein is crying in the pool and she like uh and uh fish Laura Bailey uh, appears from the pool filter to tell her just be yourself, love. Yeah. And that's her role in the first movie. And that's all she does. She also has a boyfriend named Gil who like barely speaks. And his whole thing is that he's a fish. But he's got like a he's got like a fish tank yeah. on his head. Because like, he kind of looks like a the, the Batman cartoon. Mr. He does. Please. He really does. <laughs> Which yeah. Oh man. I gotta say, it's uh and then I guess who else in the main group of we, we- get we get Cleo. Oh, we got Cleo. Cleo Denial, who is our uh, our obligatory uh, bitchy popular girl. Yeah. But who's also a part of the friend group. Who's, her whole thing is she's real like a vain and egotistical. But she's got a heart of gold. I do I actually. I, honestly, I do kind of like Frankie a lot. Not Frankie. Uh, Cleo a lot. Like, I don't know. There was something about her just kind of like struck me as more like to be oh. annoyed like not quite hate but be kind of just you know amused at her antics yeah i do always think it's funny like in these like uh girl shows where they'll have like the token mean girl in the group <laughs> like, and it's and people will be just like why are wait why are you guys friends with her i don't know and i just, just like oh, actually you know what who you know who my favorite is my absolute favorite of the group is uh, what's the name of the zombie girl? Gulia, that, like, yeah, Cleo. Gulia. Cleo's main friend and her kind of like assistant slash probably girlfriend is Gulia, who's like a zombie girl. Yeah, e- even though, even though, like, Gu- like Cleo is apparently dating this guy named Deuce Gorgon. Which, what a name. Like, what a name yeah, indeed. Yeah, he's, like like, he's got, like, a Medusa thing going on. He's got snakes, and he turns yeah. people into stone with it, his gaze. Like, he's like Cyclops. He can't take his glasses off without causing harm. Yeah, and I gotta say... Yeah, I gotta say, they mentioned uh, how... Uh, like, in the very first movie, like, Frankie was just totally crushing on him. And then afterwards... For a moment, Cleo thought that he was cheating on her. And honestly, a lot of people seem to ship Cleo and Claudine. I see Claudine which... get shipped with Draculaura. Yeah, too. yeah. Even... I mean, they do got the tall and the small thing going on. So They, they oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> that is true. And... I don't know. I And then uh, 
I guess, are there any other, like, characters in the first movie worth Mm. mentioning? Yeah. Another thing to mention about Ghoulia, I do like the kind of thing where, like, she's, like, I think she's betrayed to be, like, the most, like, intelligent of them, but she, being a zombie, only speaks in, like, grunts. (laughs) Yes. But she's, like, uh, but she's, like, the nerd that helps, like, Cleo out. And I do appreciate how it does seem like... Oh no, they order each other around, but you do get this impression of, like, mutual appreciation. Oh yeah. And there definitely are some other mentionable characters that come up in the second movie, but we can focus on just kind of talking about the first one. Yeah, I mean, uh, in terms of the first movie, there's really not a whole lot to go over, yeah, as you said. Yeah, pretty much the it's whole thing is, is uh, Frankie Stein trying to get, like, Cleopatra, I mean, Cleo, to sort of like her by having her get put into the to the fear leading the fear leading team which frankie gets to be a part of because that's like because like claudine and draculaura are also a part of it and conflict arises towards the end of the the special because uh uh, Frankie tries to impress Cleo by claiming she has a boyfriend, and the man she claims to be her boyfriend happens to be Cleo's boyfriend, and she didn't know. So, you know, yep. it's a sort of standard, like, everyone is mad blop, at Frankie, blop. sad montage, Shrek hallelujah scene. And then, of course, Frankie uh, Frankie apologizes. Oh my god, and, uh, these, the fact that... The fact that they do those sad montages twice in this movie, they, like, go on full AMV on this, and I'm just, like, and I gotta say, credit to Mattel, they knew their audience, because, like, 2010 internet, they would have eaten that up. If they got the rights to, like, I took my trust, These wounds won't seem or whatever to heal. that emo song the is. The pain like, is just too real. There's just so much that time cannot erase. The fact that you know so okay. many of those lyrics, I think, speaks very much about our upbringing. You think I wasn't watching angsty Warrior Cats AMVs <laughs> with that song on it when I was like 10? Then you don't know me, Henry. Oh my god. Oh, that makes so much sense. Sense. It really does, doesn't it, huh? It does so much. But yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so yeah. essentially Frankie just apologizes and also apparently Frankie's dad, I assume the original Frankenstein, apparently was like the manager for Justin Biter or whatever. So they just like get him to perform at this high school and Cleo likes yeah. Frankie now again. So remember kids... If someone doesn't like you, you can always uh, earn their appreciation by using your celebrity connections. So Yeah, that is a totally relatable solution to this problem. Yeah, also this movie has like a sequence where like Frankie randomly imagines herself being like a pop star, which I'm pretty sure was just an excuse yeah. so they could show like the girls like alternate like singer outfits in this movie yeah which is weird because like they later show off that those outfits in the very final scene yeah they do so what's a bit weird i mean they probably just needed to like pad the thing out yeah that is true which is weird because like again so many things happened in the span of this like 23 minute 
movie. It truly is a wild time, but I think we should go ahead and get into the second movie because that is the one that definitely has a lot more oh that can be God, discussed. That this second movie, Fright On, is this. I was thinking, like, man, I, I don't know what they're gonna. That was a pretty buck wild ride. I don't know what they're gonna do with the second one. And then, bam, they hit you with the fantasy racism. I know, it's like, you know, you know, what the series really needs is a is a race war in the second movie. Oh my like, god! Yeah, because. <laughs> you know, before we get into like the plot of the second movie, let's talk about like maybe some of the characters that like I assume these characters were like introduced in like the web series before this film because there's definitely like a time yeah. skip between this first movie and this one. So definitely stuff we missed. Yeah. Well, it it was a f- Yeah, it was a full year in between the releases of these uh like two movies. Yeah. So, like, I imagine that the web series put a lot of people, but, oh, my God. Some of the people that were included, uh, so, oh, we forgot to mention the horny fire elemental dude, Heath Burns. He's, like, the annoying pervert character that is in every teen property ever. yeah, Yeah, don't care for him. But, yeah, they just, there's, there are a couple who I want to wait to introduce until, like, they pop up, but they include, like, the, uh, like, the werecats, like, who seem to be, like, the the mean girl mean girls, like, including this lady who's, like, uh, Torilai Stripe, who's, like, the former member of the fear-leading squad, who's, like, very, very, like, ends up being, like, kind of... An yeah, but pretty much just force. in the background. So I assume but, they have more prominence in that. Yeah, and then you got series. like a Spectra Voldergeist, uh, who's like basically a ghost, like the daughter of a ghost couple, as they say. And her whole thing is that she also has like a gossip blog called the Ghostly Gossip, and she like and an advice column. In the paper, she's she's a bit uh, she's a bit on the spacey side. She's yeah, of... yeah. So there's that. But I really like her design. I also, do like got, her design. Uh, in this movie, we also got the principal in it. We got uh, Mrs. Bloodworth or Blood Moon or. Uh yes. Yeah. Yes. And her whole thing is she's like the headless horsewoman. So. Which I. Yeah, I like that. And she is also uh, voiced by Laura Bailey. So Who if you if you're into critical role, it's just Vexalia, y'all. It's, yeah, it's she even just has, her British uh, accent. She even has black hair. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. And of course and then, uh, introduced in this movie, we got my favorite new character. Oh Abby are, Abominable. Oh my god, okay, yeah, Abby Abominable, she's like this, I don't know what the female equivalent of a himbo is, but she gives me those vibes, because she's got this thick Russian accent, she's like- She's like kind of taller than the other ones, and she's got like kind of snow flittering around her so much, and she's kind of got like ice powers, and she's very much like- kind of this really serious like pragmatic one yeah yeah honestly she ended up being probably i don't know it's 
You know what? I think it's a very good sign for the series where I could say I have a hard time figuring out who my favorite character yeah. is. And I think that is a good I think that's probably speaks to why this series has like been kind of like I don't think it's overshadowed Barbie necessarily, but I will say it definitely has like it definitely has a much more intense fan base because it's got like all these different characters and like it makes it very easy to choose like your own favorites depending on which personalities you gravitate yeah, towards. Like I don't know, it's just it's very yeah. fun. Like all these characters are very fun and like memorable, you know. Like even comparing to something like yeah. Bratz, where like yeah, they did have like differences between them, but they were all pretty much kind of the same sort of character, you know. Yeah. But like, I think like that kind of uniqueness really like makes Monster High stand out. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Oh God, Emma, we could like have this thing go on for like two hours just by going through every single background also, character. Also, this is this one but... does have the Phantom of the Opera girl named Operetta. Oh, we will get to her. I, hang on, I want to wait till get to her for when she pops up in the plot because, <laughs> uh, before we actually dive into like this whole thing, there are a couple of other people i do want to note there's he only shows up for a second but like i want to just highlight a couple of my favorite background characters uh do you remember who dude voodoo no the voodoo doll guy yes yeah there's like a voodoo doll he just he just like was walking around apparently like all these characters at least have like a centralized episode around them and apparently he was a pretend voice boyfriend created by frankie to like see now 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 i want to watch the show i need to know the monster high lore for all these i guess uh some of the other highlights were jackson jekyll and whole time there's a jekyll and hyde boy where his whole thing is like he's like a normal human but then he's like he turns into like a supernatural kind of character yeah yeah it's Oof, it's a whole thing. And then also we got Manny Tar, who's like this big minotaur who regularly picks on the zombies. It's, oh my God. According, oh, what? Oh, oh God. Apparently, even though he, he he has his own, according to the, the wiki, it says like underneath his tough exterior, he has several insecurities of his own and is currently in a relationship with Iris Klops. Oh yeah, there's a Cyclops girl. Yep. I feel like Iris Klops is kind of an unfortunate name, though. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, is that just your uh, brony uh, Uh, past talking? uh, Totally, no, not at all. (laughs) <laughs> it's the best that clopping was what it was called right yeah i think it's best like we ever forget that just society just lets everyone just forget that that term ever existed oh i can never forget it emma i've uh, been burdened with this knowledge i if only i could if only i could <laughs> anywho so th- this movie this second movie starts off with like them going to this movie it's, it's uh, like, called a uh, Twiheart. So Yeah. 
Oh my god! And definitely some Twilight and... inspiration in this movie because oh yeah, this movie oh, yeah. is all about the uh, rivalry between werewolves and vampires and how that affects Monster High. Yeah, it's it's certainly something. They're going to watch uh, Twilight for abs of intrigue, <laughs> and oh yeah, we forgot to mention. Uh, uh Draculara's like boyfriend. Oh yeah, uh Claw Wolf who is uh Claudine's, Claudine's uh, uh, older brother. Yeah. And in this movie we also and... get a uh, Claudine's younger sister, uh Howleen, who's Yep. Who definitely looks to be younger than all the other characters, like more like a preteen. She really than a does. So I assume yeah. like the freshman age character who's gets introduced and of course she gets the whole thing where like she's always like taking uh claudine's uh stuff without asking at first i was kind of like confused why they were focusing so much on her because her stuff with claudine didn't really seem to like have much to do with the rest of the movie but she becomes more important later on so yeah definitely it's uh it's certainly something um I think, I don't know. What did you? I gotta say, I actually also liked Claude a bit. Like, oh, yeah, he's I pretty fun. He just seems like a nice, like, chill guy, you know. And and the relationship yeah, between he him does. and Draculaura is really cute. Definitely, very severe yeah. height difference. Which, <laughs> eh, <laughs> oh boy, yeah. I don't. We, let's not get into that Omega verse oh, stuff God. at the moment, because. No, uh, <laughs> Why? Why must you bring uh, this up? Because uh, <laughs> <laughs> if we don't, who will? You gotta think about how, like, a whole, like, cultural phenomenon of fan fiction was, like, invented because some, like, horny person online wanted, like, a, 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 a Jensen Ackles and Jared Padalecki fanfic made. And then, and then it just spiraled into. <laughs> like, who is that person? What are they doing now? How do they feel? Like, I, I, I'll tell you right now what they're not doing. They're not currently getting sued. Uh, they, they are, they're making a good. I, they're, they're doing the right thing and not suing people yeah, over that I, stuff. I don't know. I just like, I'm just like, I keep oh on thinking, God. like, where are they now? Are they just like, like. I assume they're just like working like like a regular job. Like maybe they're like they're like a marketing manager at some random company, just like burdened with the knowledge <laughs> of what they've created. <laughs> oh my god! Listen, if they weren't gonna create it, someone else was. Yeah, you got a point it's... there. You do got a point. Uh... There. All right. So anyway, they're they're building up the whole fantasy racism thing of like uh vampires versus werewolves and it's it's a uh, i will say uh compared to like some of the other fantasy racism allegories that you tend to see in these kid properties i will say this is a lot more on the better executed ones yeah for I... reasons that i'll get to in a moment but like it's it's still one of those things where you just look at it and it's like uh Y'all. It just—it definitely does feel like a, cause, cause in the version of like the fantasy racism in this like series, they're very much like, 
no side is at fault. We just need to get along. Get along, like, which... Uh, and the way they, like, portray it, like, we can we can discuss more when you get some of the plight points, but, I mean, I do like how they sort of, like, call out how, like, people can be radicalized, and they also, like, yes. go into some more sort of, like, you know, social stigmas, because there's a whole thing where, like, uh, Draculaura and Claude being together, being a vampire and werewolf, they have that anxiety of people, like, judging them for being together, you know? Yeah. So sort of like a commentary yeah. on, like, kind of interracial relationships, which, you know, you may yeah, not which... see as much on, like, kind of these sort of children's properties. So I think that was something interesting to talk about. Yeah, I agree. And I also appreciate how, like, they didn't try to overtly make each of these, uh, like, the vampires and werewolves stand in for actual minorities. Yeah. <laughs> Bright! <laughs> Bright! Oh yeah, that was definitely, like, a good, uh, a good, like, That's... path they went. Because I feel like if they, like, tried to be, like, the vampires are white people and the werewolves are non-white people, then, like, this movie would have a lot of, like really unfortunate implications to it so yeah uh yeah i appreciate that they didn't go there um at least oh god i'll say this then it's god i can't believe i'm saying this they did a better racial allegory than twilight oh yeah yeah that was uh huh oh god i did recently watch like the first three twilight movies and uh they really are a trip to rewatch after so long. <laughs> I, I'm gonna say I'm gonna I, say uh, something. Man, the baseball scene in the first movie, genius, great cinema. Mm, as someone who watched, yeah, I, I watched the, twi- the only the first Twilight movie far after the fact, and by golly, yeah, that that baseball scene was actually pretty fun. Honestly, if you just view the Twilight movies as like comedies they are actually very enjoyable (laughs) she's her name is bella do you think she'll like this salad it's italian oh (laughs) we already ate crash yeah i mean a lot of like i feel like a lot of media made fun of twilight at the time but twilight was definitely like way more self-aware than people remember it like it definitely like yeah of itself like it doesn't oh yeah people like like it knows that it's like a melodrama. Like it doesn't really take itself as seriously as you might think. Yeah, it, it, God, the the current way people address Twilight nowadays is very. It's that's one of those things that I don't feel very qualified to comment on. I, I will say this: it. I do think that like there has been this major course correction where people were like, after thinking it was like the worst thing ever. Like people kind of reversed on that, yeah, and don't get me wrong. But then again, uh, Twilight is hella problematic in many. Aspects. Oh yes, that's the, and that's where I think a lot of the discourse is. Yeah. is but where also, it's like, okay, well, how time, much do you forgive? You know, it's like it's like all pieces of media. A lot of it has a lot of bad stuff in it, and it's just about kind of approaching it in a mature direction. And, you know, also remembering that a lot of, like, the Twilight backlash that there was was definitely based on, like, people just not liking stuff that, like, teenage girls liked, you know? Yeah. So, that's always something to keep in mind. Anyway, 
we weren't talking about Twilight. We're talking about uh, Monster High. Monster yeah. High. I do want to, I not to totally derail this, but I do just want to point out there is a character named Winona Spider. Oh God. That's all I have to say about that. Apparently, Anywho. there was like a so, yeah. there was a Lady Gaga inspired character later on too. That was designed by her sister. Oh my god! So that was like meant that to be is, a tie-in with like because Lady Gaga. I think it said she had like a tie-in with Barbie, like a born this way kind of thing. Mm. So yeah, that makes so sense. Cool. Yeah, this. Uh, if you remember that reality show Face Off, it the one where like the makeup not to artist be confused with the movie where uh, John Travolta and Nicolas Cage take their faces yeah. off and then switch their faces together. Yeah, and then like one of the sew their faces that was onto one of the their like, respective bodies, but somehow they're like yeah. different heights now. Yeah, yeah, that movie Face Off. Don't con- don't confuse yeah. that. It's a different thing. Anyway, that reality show did a crossover with uh, that show. And, like, these, like, professional makeup artists, like, recreated, like, the different characters on these models. And it was was actually pretty cool looking. So, yeah. That'd be fun. Like, I feel like a lot of these characters would be really fun Halloween costumes. Yeah, I gotta say. I will say... I now understand why I routinely saw Monster High costumes in like your party cities every year. I was thinking like, who really watches this? And now I'm like, oh, okay then. There you go. Yeah, a lot of people apparently. Yeah. But anyway, so the whole plot of this movie is that the principal, uh, she like gathers all the students into the auditorium but it's spooky name whatever they called it and she's like uh she's like well we're going to be we want to like make make monster high even more diverse so we're going to be having this these students from an all vampire and an all werewolf school now attend monster high which and yeah the fact that that happened like just suddenly in the middle of seemingly the middle of the school year that that's a little, uh... Yeah, a bit weird to just announce this right now, but she essentially... The principal, uh, voiced by Laura Bailey, as we yeah. said, uh, uh, gathers the main characters, and she says that the fear-leading squad should be the one to uh, make the welcoming committee for the new uh, vampire and werewolf students. And she's like, hey, girls, can you do me a favor and just solve racism? You know, that's yeah. not too big of a burden. Can you just do that? Can you just solve racism? Uh- and they're like, okay, yeah, we'll as, do our best. <laughs> yeah, as you mentioned, that seems like a lot of pressure to be putting on high schoolers. <laughs> and I mean, not this is a pretty like it's like this is your idea, lady. Why don't things. you do some mediating? <laughs> like, yeah, eventually these two groups meet. They arrive at the school, and <sighs> and immediately do not get along at all. They immediately do not get along, and we're introduced to like the your just, most favorite, the most uncomfortable character. character in this film, Henry. There's this there's this werewolf named Romulus who's like he's he's like a childhood friend <sighs> of like a, a Claw and Claudine and their family. But yeah, he he looks like I, he looks like Brad Pitt in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. He really does. Like <laughs> he looks he's like dr- a thirty year old. He looks like a th- 
30-year-old man and he like has sideburns and like his shirts like he's got he's got the facial structure of handsome squidward <laughs> yeah he really does and it's just it, it's seeing him talk is just very uncomfortable because he like ends up talking to howling wolf like just by himself and is just like you know, you don't have to take this. And I'm just like, no, bad touch. No, bad. Out. <sighs> yeah, it's. <sighs> yeah. And oh, no, they do pair her him up with Claudine. Oh, Ew. like in the yeah. show or like in fanfic. They dance together at the end and um. Oh, okay. In fu future ones, he's like hugging a pink-haired werewolf girl who's presumably her, his girlfriend. Yeah. Yeah. Because as we know, Claudine is a confirmed lesbian. Like, do they yeah. ever... I think they're still making Han Monster High Media. Do they ever, like, show that in one of the movies? Um, I'm not to my knowledge, because they're still continuing the webisodes, but the last special occurred in 2016. Yeah, so. Yeah, I don't know. also, uh, Monster High I did, did find like, the Lady Gaga doll. Yeah, Monster High did kind of, like, die down, kind of, as the decade went on. Yeah. But, I don't yeah, know, maybe it'll, think... it'll get some revival. I feel like the, the concept There's is kind of... There's a lot of nostalgia yeah, for this thing. Yeah, and I feel thing. like the concept is kind of timeless, I think... As soon as they release that uh, creepy pasta girls line, they'll be back. <laughs> who who would be their starting oh their starting one? Uh, you get Slenderman girl, Jeff the yeah, Killer girl, girl. Uh, Smile Dog girl, the Rake girl. Uh, Actually, you Sonic know what? I think EXE girl. Emma, I think I know why Monster High ended up dying down because their place in terms of like approachable spooky media was kind of taken over by the Five Nights at Freddy's franchise. Oh God, that's true. Because <laughs> like 2016, like those games came out in about like what 2014, I think. Uh, might have been a bit later than that. Like, yeah, I don't know. Those, oof, oofa doofa. Well, that's true. I mean, the yeah. You can't really compete it's with Five Nights at Freddy's because they combined like both the lucrative creepy pasta fandom and the lucrative furry fandom into one. And the Let's Play community. Oh yeah, the Markiplier fans. They're all and the and game the, and the Pat fans all into one. So <sighs> yeah, that is true. I don't know. I feel like Monster High will oh, come back. I feel like they can bring it back. Yeah. So, okay, so we can kind of basically to summarize this next little bit, like tensions start arising, but eventually they throw a party and suddenly, bam, yeah, racism is solved. It's like the solved. hairspray style of solving racism. Just like have everyone dance together and then prejudice shall be no more. Yeah, yeah. And, but then yeah. suddenly there's this old lady named uh, Mrs. Crab. Apple, Mrs. Crabgrass, I think, is her name. Yeah. And her whole thing is that she's like... We never know what her deal is, but she calls in basically Van Helsing. Vel Scream, I think. Oh, wow. Dang, they really just added the hell in that. 
Say this is huh. this ain't your grandma's yeah. toy line. We're edgy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. It's uh We like Invader Zim and we're not afraid yeah, to talk I... about it. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. So there's that and um Yeah, they they did that and I guess Hellscream is like this whole monster hunter dude, which I appreciate like the throwback to like Dracula. That's like a that's a nifty touch. And his whole thing is that he just wants to like make the school racist yeah, so it so can be shut down. Essentially, uh the girls solve racism but racism, but then he like comes in and unsolves racism by like uh essentially like stewing a lot of tensions between the vampire and werewolf uh groups yeah and also there's a detail where he like adds new history books that like talk about the relationships between yeah. vampires and history. Yeah. okay this this part kind of bothered me yeah i i they never like outright say that the books were lying so it come gets off this like awkward impression being like we shouldn't even talk about like bad things that have happened in the past because that'll just like stew discourse yeah. today oh, which i feel is i didn't look at yeah, it from that perspective but you are absolutely right especially when like yeah that stuff happened in the past but it's like still Important affecting to like, today yeah so like i feel like if they would have like established that it was like exaggerated Propaganda or, not or true, something like that yeah it would have made sense like like because they never really like say that like one group was like subjugating the other in this uh, no. movie but i don't know it's just like they don't really go into detail so it just kind of gives a bit of a bit of an uncomfortable feel where it's like where are they yeah. going with this you know yeah like on one hand i appreciate the fact that they do acknowledge that like hey usually bigotry has like some type of historical basis that like helps to perpetuate it and but i, don't I, know. I just don't like how this movie was like well that history doesn't matter we should just get along yeah but it's like i don't know no yeah that's just I don't, maybe you should if, if like if there was like a genocide situation here or something like that like maybe yeah you should learn from that this is a school after all. Yeah, I don't know. It just but, it was just kind of an awkward part of it, but essentially uh through this uh and then you got and then this results in like the vampires and the werewolves having like their own little pride movements. And this is honestly where I felt the like allegory stuff yeah, was Yeah, cuz they a like, like they uh, like because the whole thing is so Principal Bloodworth, she's been like turned into stone by van helsing and she's been like yeah. made into a statue in front of the school and so yeah. the main characters are trying to figure out how to like unstatuize her but mm-hmm. but there's this whole thing where like van Hellscream like takes like a uh, uh howling wolf aside and he's like you should make a cultural group with like the werewolves and then like the vampires also have their own group and they start putting up signs that's like wear pride and vampower. So, uh, very on the nose there, but 
Yeah, like, I'm not sure what they're trying... Like, are they implying that, like, groups that embrace their own identity... Yeah, obviously, as, like, like, you can, like, you can, like talk bad about stuff like white pride and stuff like that, but... This almost like makes sense, like having like yeah. cultural groups is a bad thing in general, which you can't really apply to like yeah. real life because you know a lot of like universities they'll no. have like the black students union or like you know the Hispanic students union, mm-hmm. so it just feels I don't know. It just kind of looks bad. <laughs> it it just... does look bad. It it reeks to the people who cry like. Oh, well, this scholarship is only offered to black students. Reverse racism? And it's just like, yeah. And this is the main problem that I usually have with, like, media using allegories for talking about these sort of issues. Because allegories can get very muddled very quickly if you're not being very precise and, like, deliberate about what you're trying to go for. Cause yeah, and I guess this is main... like part where this is part of where like making the allegory a bit more vague to not like represent like a certain type of people in the real world does this movie's uh, good favor. But yeah. you know, at the same time, it's not it just, without flaws. Yeah, it just it's it's just a bit. I don't know. Like I feel like they could have done it in a better way. I know? think if it became more about like I don't know, like a gang type of thing or like a something like that instead of like a pride group that that would have helped a little bit, but other I don't know. I think it could be done better, but I don't want to like m- make a definitive statement of like, oh, if they did this, this would have objectively been better, you know? Yeah. I mean, I kind of feel like sort of fantasy racism uh, allegories are always kind of muddled because, like, you know, in these stories, there always are, like, you know, there's, like, genetic differences between, like, the different groups. But, of course, you know, like, in real life, that's not how racism works. Mm. It's not, like, werewolves and vampires, you know. Yeah, the thing... It's, like, based on very irrational ideas about, Mm -hmm. like, differences between people. So, yeah. you know, it never quite it's something that really works in these sort of fantasy settings. No, and it's actually something that doesn't just apply to, like, properties like this. It's also something that, like, you've seen in, like, uh, like Dungeons and Dragons and stuff like that. It's, like, Wizards of the Coast uh, pretty famously has been, like, trying to back away from, like, the racial features of, like, certain player races and like trying to be better about that. So I, I I don't know. I think like I think their heart was in the right place. But I think uh this is this is one of those important things where it's like this is why you should have like you know actual people of color uh working on these. And I I'm looking at like the writing crew here and it doesn't look like that was the case. Yeah. But then again, you can't always like assume necessarily. No, absolutely not. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, otherwise, uh, yeah. Yeah. So um, the whole like uh, third act of the movie essentially has uh, the girls, they, pr- they free their principal, but then, uh Oh, Van Hellscream finds them out. And so it's a, uh, it's uh, the principal with Frankie Stein, Draculaura, 
uh, who who else was in the cage at the end? Claudine. No, I don't think Claudine was with them. No, no, not Claudine. Howling. Howling. Uh, Claudine's younger sister and uh, Abby Bombable was there. There was also a plot where like these kind of tensions were sort of pushing uh, Draculaura and uh, Claw apart. Which, yeah, I guess another positive thing in this favor is that like the two actually do seem to interact like an actual couple. Like they have like pretty natural dialogue because that's a problem that I saw in like even in like the Barbie stuff, like ugh, the Mycene things, like no one acts like they're in an actual relationship. Yeah, but I mean, they felt pretty natural. Like you know, they're teenagers. They argue with each other, but they obviously they obviously also like care about each other a lot. And you can see how like all the tensions going around have really gotten to them. But yeah, yeah. so Which... due to Abby Bombable's ice powers, they managed to escape from the cage that Van Helsing put it in. But now they are stuck in the catacombs. But uh, Claudine, along with uh, who is the other character that went with Claudine? I think it's Claude who went with her. They go, they go into the catacombs yeah. to find them. Yeah, and guess who ends up helping them out? And they were thinking, like, who, uh, like, who around here could possibly be able to navigate the catacombs? And in comes Operetta, who's the daughter of the actual Phantom of the Opera, who we never get to see. But like, oh my God! With who? Who is? Who is the mom? Is it? Oh, Emma, Emma, Emma! I'm gonna blow this thing whole all the way open. So, um. Do you remember that cinematic, not cinematic, musical classic Love Never Dies, right? I, I try to forget, but I do remember. Well, it. I guess Gustav, well, apologies. Uh, the, the child formerly known as Gustav found herself oh, later on in life. Operetta is trans-confirmed. And then evidently moved to like, the southern United States because he had just has this very yeah, she thick has twang a southern of a, accent for some unexplicable reason. Like I guess they're trying to like go for like a Dolly Parton thing, maybe? I don't know. Like because she has very, a She's the Phantom of the Grand Ole Opry. Yeah, cause she has a like de- like a uh elvis spider that we briefly see and by the way all the monsters have like their own pets that we only briefly see but this (laughs) this spider is called memphis daddy-o long legs oh god i love it i love it and she is in this continuity she is no longer 10 years old oh god (laughs) But no, she she Jeez. of course she knows how to get through the spooky catacombs, and she even has the boat, <laughs> like the little. Oh, she, she has, has the, the fucking boat. boat. It's so great. <laughs> it is very good. I appreciate mm-hmm. it. Um, they eventually meet up, and oh, we forgot to mention that they're basically Cthulhu monsters that roam the catacombs. Oh yeah, they got like Cthulhu's running around. Which in this movie? Oh god. <laughs> Oh my Why God. not? Emma, I gotta tell Why you, not? I've been scrolling through the Tumblr tag for Monster High this entire time that we've been recording, and I just stumbled upon this Monster High headcanons 
the reason why Jackie, Laura, and Claude spent so much time together is because they both realized that Draculaura, being a vampire, will outlive Claude for centuries. So they make each moment as romantic and memorable as possible. Oh, God. That's sad. That's so sad. Why? And, uh, you- I, I was giving the Monster High tag a cursory glance, and there's some really good fan art in there. Yeah, it, there really is, y'all. We might have been. We might just have to dive back into this. Honestly, like, I would love to watch the rest of these movies. I think they're super fun. <laughs> yeah, like, they, they and are. And also, just like, I don't know, after like watching Barbie and Bratz movies for so long, it's like nice to have something that feels so like different in its own thing, you know? Yeah, it really does. Uh, but yeah, and I apparently guess the to... Monster High. Uh, spin-off slash sister series ever after high also has its own movies too yeah and there was like apparently this big crossover thing because there was this cupid character that was divided between worlds and the both sides were like fighting to see who got to keep who yeah oh man honestly i'm just getting real deep uh... into this monster high lore now but, uh, oh, so careful. they it, make it back to like the school because the whole thing is that uh, uh, Van Hellscream is going to bring like the school administration to like see the school and he's like they're going to be fighting each other so the Skulltastic superintendents yeah, who are like they're like day of the dead part of the board of deaducation like, skeletons and they, they're like short and kind of like yeah. I don't know I don't know what these characters are. They're a bit, uh... They literally seem to only show up for yeah, this. Yeah, so, uh... So... But, uh, uh-oh. Our main characters return. And from the power of friendship, they are able to solve racism again! And so everyone, you know, and of course in the catacombs, Howleen and Draculaura were able to, like, kind of make peace with each other after being kind of yeah tense the whole time but you know what it's all okay now they're all together and they're all dancing yeah van hellscream is like no you can't get away with this and then uh our boy deuce gorgon turns him and the crabgrass lady into stone yeah where it's implied that they're just gonna leave their petrified bodies in the catacombs to rot for all eternity. i will say one other positive thing in this series's fla- favor i do really like the relationship between cleo and uh deuce oh yeah i don't know he just gives off like the biggest himbo vibes he truly does man i'm so glad when the when the boy characters are really obnoxious like they were in brass except yeah, they for aren't the, like total pieces except of shit. for the fire boy but like no one deals with his shit they're just they like, make it explicitly clear that they like to just dunk yeah, on him. So, so. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate that. God, I don't know. Just looking at so- oof, oof, Emma. I'm looking at some of this Cleo and Deuce fan art, and it's just giving off that she was fierce and crazier than him. She was his queen, and God help anyone who dared disrespect his queen. <laughs> You know what? For the longest time, I had never watched Suicide Squad, and I still haven't, but for the longest time, I thought that line was, like, 
a fake like thing created no. by the fandom. And I didn't realize it was actually a line from the movie. <laughs> and, oh, <God. laughs> Hashtag release the air cut. Oh god, why? Yeah. Huh. But yeah, Comic that's book that... movies were a mistake. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I liked we got Spider-Verse and Black Panther out of them. Yeah, that's true. This is a little bit of a hot take for me. I actually kind of dug the V for Vendetta movie. I never watched it, but I do hear that like V from Vendetta was kind of those movies that actually had a, like a more sort of leftist progressive message, but then it got kind of got co-opted by like 4chan libertarians, yeah. and, you know. That's kind of Yeah. Yeah. Poor Alan Moore. He makes all of these like statements about how much he absolutely hates libertarians, and they just keep reading his stuff. Is that the Watchman guy? Yeah, and V for Vendetta guy. Oh yeah, that makes sense. <sighs> Anywho, that's Monster High. Um, Emma, what do you rate each of these movies? I give it a, a creepy jump scare out of ten. Okay specifically that one that was on youtube that had like the car going down the road and then the zombie popped out you know it's it's a whole lot of fun like i really enjoyed this like i just feel like this is a real breath of fresh air you know Uh, yeah you certainly had maybe revisit these yeah we should let us know what you think and if you enjoyed what we did listener i think uh let us know on uh our twitter at pink pod tell us what you think about us tackling monster high yeah i know and have a and have a very spooky but of course very safe halloween this year you know so Can't believe it's already towards the end of the year. It's been a wild ride. (laughs) It has. It really has. (sighs) Emma, though, as we ride out the rest of this year together, you got a Twitter. Do I? You should. Yeah, you do. You should. Or follow. was it really me being the killer the whole time? You can follow her at Emicory Nine. <laughs> Bet you didn't expect that. Ah, uh, son of a bitch! It was you the whole time. Yeah. Yeah, and also I was dead and a ghost the whole time. Uh, well, I mean. We have to assume that's the whole deal for why we're currently stuck in this aisle, right? Yeah. The the car crash wasn't your fault, Henry. You gotta let it go. I, I know, because I wasn't driving. Like, that was... I didn't have my license at the time when we were... Oh, God. I'm the one who has to let it go. Yeah. No! Yeah. You said so yourself. You were the killer the whole time. Oh, yeah. I did say that, didn't I? Mm. Uh, You twisted yourself. Yeah. Anywho, well... I was booing the the whole time. Yeah. Well, listener, if you enjoyed the things that we've done here, yeah, give us a follow at Pink Owl Pod on Twitter. Uh, 
give us a rating on the podcast platform of choice and uh wait i have yeah. i have one more thought on the monster high series i was looking through the character yes, list yes. and one thing i noticed that they really didn't have they don't have a creepy clown girl that's gonna be what's gonna bring them on the map they gotta have like the daughter of pennywise or something <laughs> and that'll be what brings Monster High back. Mattel, why have you not hired us yet? We're literal geniuses. Oh my god, I say, Emma. As I say, an idea that I myself came up with without Henry's assistance right now. Yeah. I mean, you're I, as disturbing as that is, it is brilliant. I will say this also about the Monster High community. Some of y'all go hog wild on your custom made dolls like there's a whole scene of like people making their own custom monster high dolls and it's there's a lot of impressive stuff yeah but anywho uh finally if i can plug my own (laughs) stuff go ahead (laughs) yeah no no this is good if you enjoy the stuff that i don't do on the internet follow me at kathman henry on twitter and follow my patreon patreon.com slash henry kathman that's what pays the bills and just like with the last uh, Barbie uh, princess adventures, I'm going to try and like see if we can get this thing out before Halloween. And uh, yeah, and I guess I can actually plug one of my videos on YouTube. Keep a lookout on Halloween because I'm going to be do- doing a video on The Owl House, another very spooky show. And yeah, it's... Uh, Give it a look. I'm very excited about it. But otherwise, uh, yeah, Emma, Just am I forgetting anything? Whenever you're walking around this Halloween night, just keep your eyes on the road. You don't want to be, th- be thinking about what might be behind you. Mm. Goodbye, guys. Sonic.exe uh, plushie pops okay. out. All right, we're done. <laughs>